0: Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camery Rorta, and joining us today is the kindest soul, a lady who's been a successful competitor, a college rodeo coach. Her and her husband have continued to put on clinics and give lessons and compete at a very high level. She's trained horses. She's done all the things a cowgirl should do. Uh, she's a mom, she's a wife, and she's just an all-around good human being with a kind heart who is following God's purpose for her even though she wasn't really sure about it at first. And today she shares her journey as to how she got to where she wrote the book, Cowgirl Prayers, and just what led her there, and a little bit about her life, her story, her advice, and her stuff is just awesome and it's going to you're going to leave just feeling good and wholesome and and it'll build your faith and belief in the good lord above. So, we are excited to have Katie here and I just want to remind you guys before we get started. One, thank you for joining us and two, head on over to rodeo kids.com. If you're a rodeo kid Join the ambassador team. We have lots of cool things brewing. The Rodeo Kids leadership team is on fire right now, and they are getting geared up to bring you guys so many opportunities. So make sure you head on over to rodeokids.com. Join now and get pumped up to be a part of the rodeokids.com ambassador team. And now let's get started with this Rodeo Kids podcast featuring Katie Chisholm, author of The Cowgirl Prayers book.
1: History
0: maker. World changer. History maker. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. The Rodeo Kids podcast. Uh, we're really excited to have you here today, Katie. And I'm going to start by share kind of how I found you. Uh, well, I've known you for quite a while as a competitor and breakaway um, all-around type of stuff. So I've known you for quite a while. But the other day, I did not realize you'd written a book until I was um, on the W.P.R.A. one of their Facebook pages for the Great Lake Circuit. And I was like, interesting. Books. I didn't know you wrote a book, and then I clicked on it, and um, I just feel like behind every endeavor like that is a really cool story. So um, that's why I reached out because I'm really excited for you to be able to share your story uh, as to what led you to this book, Um, and then a little as well. Welcome, and um, I'll let you kind of take over and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and just about that journey.
1: Yeah, so um I I am a rodeo competitor at heart, um but also a a mom and a wife and um my my book journey actually kind of started based out of kind of my motherhood journey when I w- had um first had my son and he was pretty colicky and spent many many nights up in the rocking chair just holding him and not knowing what to do with, with myself and, in life in general. And I found a a cool page on Facebook, uh, Midnight Mama's devotionals that just really struck a chord with me. You know, each time I would read them, I thought, Oh, I feel like it's talking right to me. You know, I can get through one more night. (laughs) And, um, so then, um, you know, fast forward a few more months and things had eased up a little bit with Kirk and, I was rocking him to sleep in his room, and I just felt this kind of falling. Um, there's not really any any better way to describe it. That um, you know, I maybe you know maybe there was a a cowgirl prayers page, you know, a or, or page similar to that for cowgirls type thing. And so I initially just started my search for it, and didn't really I didn't really find anything that I was like I was really looking for and then I guess that's more when I found felt the calling of you know well you know you could do something like that and I was just like I just about with anything when when the Lord lays something on my heart I'm I don't jump in with both feet unfortunately I kind of I kind of back pedal and I'm like oh maybe I I don't really think that's for me uh and um but um in my experience when the God when God tells me to do something, he doesn't really let up. He just kinda keeps knocking at that door and waiting for me to answer. And so I was like, okay, I'll 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 just make a page and it'll be real simple. And, you know, I got enough, you know, friends on Facebook that I'm I'm sure some of them will like it. And, you know, then I'm I'm at least doing what I feel like God's asking me to do, you know? And um so I did that and I didn't even I didn't really tell anybody at first and cause I really, for me, it wasn't about people knowing that I was behind it. You know, I wanted it to be God's word and I wanted it to be, you know, his message, not mine, you know? And so it wasn't about me and that's why, you know, there's, there's still, I mean, just like you, there's a lot of people that don't, don't know that I'm behind it and I'm totally, totally fine with that, you know? And, um, I, how I
0: feel about rodeo pitch. Like I had a yeah. similar experience except I was in Vegas uh, and I talked to all these different people about, um, their youth programs and what they do, like just different companies and, and people that I've known throughout the industry. And, um, like every one of them that I talked to that night was just like, oh, well, we sponsor this event or we sponsored out event But I'm like, what else are you doing? Like, what are you doing yeah. to actually develop the youth and help them understand your product and to do the things, um. Uh, And none of them had an answer. And then I got on the elevator with absolutely no intentions of doing anything about this except being frustrated. And God was like, rodeo kids, rodeokids.com. And I was just like, nope, nope, don't want to do it. Not doing (laughs) it. I literally had a conversation with God in the elevator. And then I went to my room and I scribbled down a bunch of notes um, on a piece of paper, like just plain old notebook paper that I still have today and I still remember thinking this is nuts there's no way absolutely not and for about two to three weeks I was like not doing it not doing it and the doors (laughs) just kept opening and like every conversation I had was like yeah I'll help you with this yeah I'll go in on you with this and I'm like just stop people like I really don't want to do this but God (laughs) wanted me to do it
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and yeah so that's you know God just kept opening doors and I just kind of um It was so cool to see, you know, especially in the beginning, you know, the people that would share it and, and, or send me messages that, you know, that I thank you. I needed this so much today. And, you know, this spoke right to me. And those were the things that, that really solidified, like, okay, I'm, I'm doing something right here, you know? And, um, and then the more, as I, you know, got into it more, I'm like, okay, well, what am I am I just am I just doing this for for eternity is there is there a a plan or is there something is there something more that I'm supposed to be doing with this and then then that's when the book kind of popped into my head you know of like well like if you do it for 365 days you could do a 365 day devotional and prayer book and I was like okay okay yeah sure I guess that's what I'm doing and um that was a that was a little bigger adventure than I even thought it would be. Um, I kind of thought, I thought it would be simpler, which I I should just know better by now that, (laughs) that it's just not, that's just not how those things work. Yeah. Um, but I, I just kind of kept putting one foot in front of the other and, um, I, I dabbled around when I first started to try and pull things off of my Facebook um, I, I spent like two weeks doing it the really, really hard way before I found that there was a simpler way um to just be able to export all your posts by date. And I was like, oh, this would have been cool two weeks ago. Um I didn't know you so, did that. yes. Um so through the 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 actual business um the meta business suite like on a computer, uh-huh. there is um And I I can't remember off the top of my head, all the little steps, but there's a a place that you can go that you can punch in your dates of where you want to export your posts to. And it actually exported it right to, I was on an Apple computer, but I'm sure it would work the same in Excel, but it's exported it right into numbers. And then I was able to like sort through my posts and like search through my posts. And it was just like, like, it was like the aha moment where I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. There is a little bit easier way to do this because yeah. wow. I was literally copying and pasting each one by hand. And like, embarrassingly enough, I got through like a hundred of them doing it that way before I found the easy way to do it. And uh, so, yeah, that first 100 uh, hand copy and paste was literally for nothing because yeah. I ended up not doing it that way. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's kind of just how life works, though. Like I feel like the same exact thing through building websites or social media posts. Like I did stuff through Photoshop forever. Like yeah, just raw, start from scratch, create my own stuff, and then I found Canva, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Actually, the girl who worked for me found it, and I was still doing it old school, and she was creating content, and I was like, how are you doing that so fast? Like that looks really cool. I've been trying to tell you.
1: Huh. I, I I feel like I feel like I'm gonna have to pick your brain about that now because I'm still very much all my graphics everything I do is all through photoshop
0: <laughs> oh my god canva.com it will change your life
1: <laughs> okay
0: it's so easy and simple and um it's easy to be creative like you still can create your own uh additions to it but you have like thousands upon thousands of simple templates you just type in the search of what you're looking for uh and then you can oh. change out your own pictures and fonts, but it's really simple and way easier than doing it. From Good to know. So what prior to that, like, did you always want to write a book? Did you think that that's something that you do in the future? Uh, like as if when you were a competitor and stuff, did you think this would be the road that you were going down?
1: Um, ironically, no. Um, <laughs> I um, I wrote poetry um, when I was a, a younger kid and like, you know, going through those like, I feel like you know, the tumultuous teen years that everybody goes through where they feel like life is just so darn hard. And it really is sometimes when you're that age and you feel like you're getting so much thrown at you and that was kind of my outlet was poetry. And so I I actually, I suppose I had a little bit of that like creative writing bug, um, in me, but I never really felt like I would do anything with it or, or wanted to do anything with it. I even, I actually had a, a, an AP history teacher tell me, um, that my, he would, (laughs) my papers that I had to write for history, he would cross out in big, in red marker, like just cross out huge paragraphs of my work and write fluff because I and and kind of made me feel like I was a bad writer because he didn't like the way that I wrote and um so yeah I if in any kids listening if just because you have one teacher that doesn't like how you write doesn't mean that you can't still be a writer
0: exactly that's crazy um that's funny I also like I write some stuff I don't have a written a book kind of on my To-do list someday, hopefully, but I am in no hurry whatsoever. Um, But kind of similar, like, enjoyed writing. I don't think I ever had anybody ever tell me that it was fluff. Like, (laughs) that's a lot. And especially, like, you're talking about being a teenager and and, in school, even if you're in college and, like, you're trying to develop your skills and you feel like you're doing something good. And then just one person, it could be really easy to let that deter you from ever going down that road.
1: Yes, yep. So like, what yeah,
0: did you I, feel like when that happened? Like if, and how did you keep it from letting it get him down? Because whether it's um, in writing or in the practice pen or whatever it is, there's always going to be a critic.
1: Yes, there's always going to be somebody that tells you you're not good enough or you need to do something different and the way you're doing things isn't right or whatever. Um, I, I kind of had a, a pretty long history with this teacher. It's really one of the only teachers that I didn't um always see eye to eye with and I kind of come to the conclusion that you know just because I wasn't I and the way I did things wasn't his cup of tea didn't mean that I wasn't still a good cup of tea right (laughs) um and I think that's why you have to I'm I'm a pretty sensitive person and take a lot of things to heart and um so you know if I, if I could tell you that I just completely let go of it and never thought about it again, then I probably wouldn't still be telling you about it because it obviously stuck with me to a certain extent that, you know, somebody felt that about my writing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'd have done forgot about it if I didn't still think about it, but, um, just, I think there's something to also having that feeling of proving people wrong. Um, you know, uh, if you, you know, I think there's a cool saying, you know, I'm sure you've heard of it. What other people think of me is none of my business. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's a good thing to think about too. And, you know, just because somebody doesn't like the way you do things or um, doesn't just like you in general, doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't worthwhile and worth pursuing.
0: Right. Um, I think that's great advice. And just a great reminder. I think a lot of us have heard that and we know about it but just like sharing this story alone is just a great reminder that you can still be successful even if somebody doesn't agree with what you're doing or the way you're mm-hmm. doing it and also like you probably learned a little bit about how to construct things differently to reach different audiences through his yep. criticism
1: right yeah and that's i think that's something to remember too is um, you know, just because they're your critic or whatever, doesn't mean that you can't still learn something from them. Like, um, you know, I always tell people that, you know, people ask me, say, you know, my clients are my lesson kids or whatever, you know, they're like, well, I was thinking about, you know, going to this clinic or, you know, so-and-so, or, you know, what do you think? And i like, I said, you can, you can learn something from everybody, even if it's learning how you don't want to do something, you're still learning, yeah. Um, and so, so even, you know, if you, even if you do get those, those critics that don't like the way you're doing something, you know, I think it's good to keep an open mind too. Um, that maybe there's a lesson to be learned here or, or something, something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. We love the phrase winner learn. I never lose.
1: Yep. Yep, exactly.
0: Yeah, I share that one a lot. And the clinic, it's interesting that you talk about the clinics like that, because I've always said as well, like, I, if you're my student, that's great. I want you to continue being my student, but I am totally okay. If you go and go to a clinic somewhere else, or even go get lessons somewhere else, see if there's something that I'm missing that somebody else can explain a different way or show you a different way, or maybe Um, You have a style of horse that isn't my style of horse. And I just don't quite click with them or understand them. Like, like I don't ride thoroughbreds or horses off the track. I like little cow horses. So if you have a big, Mm -hmm. lanky, long horse, not that I can't help you get to a certain point, but if you're looking for that one missing step, go to the person who rides that style of horse for a lesson or two.
1: Yep. Yep, exactly.
0: Yeah. And even the clinic thing last year, we had um, a clinician come and rent our barn. And I wasn't in the clinic, but um, I spent a day just kind of bebopping in and out. And uh, there was a lot of good stuff. And a lot of the a lot of the people absolutely loved it. And I was just like, gosh, you know, I just, I'm really struggling with this concept. Like I really don't think I can get on board with it. But after the clinic, I went and I jumped on a couple of my horses. And there's still a lot of things that I, I didn't agree with. But there were a few things that I tried to do a little bit differently uh, based mm-hmm. on what they said in it. Those little things that I picked up made a huge difference.
1: Even That's though I awesome. didn't
0: want to adopt all of it, I right. still adopted a couple of things. And it was like, oh, OK, there's something to this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep.
0: So I think there's just, there's so many different ways to do things. And one thing that I see on, especially because of social media and the highlight reel and the comparison and all of that, that it can be really easy to try to be like other people. Like you mm-hmm. want to, you want to be like they are, but the thing that you're attracted to about them is that they're different.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah. They're their own person. Yep.
0: Yeah. And that's why you like them, but then yet you're trying to be like them. So I think it's important in all of this, whether you are, um, you know, the person that your teacher doesn't like what you write or your parents are tough on you and you don't agree with what they're saying in the practice pen or your friends or whatever it is. Just remember that it's, it's those things that are different about you that make you unique and that make you special. Mm -hmm. And that those are the things that you should hold on to in life.
1: Yeah. Everybody's journey um is different and looks different in each one of those experiences you know molds you into who you are and i think it's important to you know i think sometimes even even difficult parts of your journey can be easy to want to run away from or hide but like you said at the end of the day those parts of your journey those hard parts are still part of who made you and most likely part of what made you stronger And so, you know, it's important to embrace those, you know, embrace the valleys just as much as you embrace the high points, um, because it all makes you who you are.
0: Yeah. And even, you know, I think sometimes, and I don't know why I just thought about this, but, um, you know, we talk about how it makes us stronger, but sometimes like, I feel like we have to go through lessons so that we get a little bit weaker. So we get softer so that we get more open-minded and moldable and, um, I think it's just important, like in the long run, it will make you stronger, but it's okay to be soft in the process. It's okay if it breaks you down and makes you vulnerable, um, because that's what makes you more relatable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, you hear this a lot, um, you know, God won't give you anything more than you can handle. And I actually couldn't disagree with that more. Um, because I think God does give you things that you can't handle alone. And because it's, it's when you're down to nothing that, you know, God is there and he's got the handout and he's just, he's there to help you through it because you're not meant to go through it alone. And Mm -hmm. so when, when you feel like you're down to nothing, just that God is there to, to pick you up out of that.
0: Yeah. Can you share a little bit? Like you said that when you got into actually writing the book, that it became harder than what you thought it was going to be. And what I wrote down, because I'm taking a few little notes, like what kind of stuck out to me is that it can be so obvious what you're supposed to do. And like what you said, God will keep putting it in front of you and putting it in front of you. Uh, But it doesn't mean that once you pursue it, that it's going to be easy, even though it's what he wants for you. Uh, So what are some, some things that you've struggled with? And it doesn't necessarily just have to be about the book. Um, it can be competition or, being a mom or whatever life in general. But what are some things that you have struggled with and how have you seen God come through in those moments?
1: Oh, gosh, I could I could write a whole nother book on that. Um, Maybe you will. <laughs> yeah, right. I know so many people have been like, well, you could write a book on this and you could write a book on that. And I'm like, I didn't plan on writing this one.
0: <laughs> Isn't it funny how once you do one thing, people think that like, oh, now you should do this. It's like, why don't you write your
1: yeah. book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, just the the f- one of the first things that um, come to my to my head was when I was actually you know finishing up writing the book and I had this just insane um, internal um, and if you ask my husband probably sometimes external struggle um, over how I was gonna release the book and like I wanted so badly to have it done by you know people that, so people could order it for Christmas time and, you know, make it for Christmas presents. And I just felt like that was just this huge thing that I, I this huge deadline that I needed to meet. And, and I had to find it, it ended up not working. And I had to find peace with that, which was super difficult for me. And then, you know, as, as I, as I made peace with that part, then I was still struggling with the best way to release the book and how, if I was going to be able to, um, you know, get, you know, order my own copies to where then I would distribute the book or whether, um, you know, I would make it available through a third party and, you know, take a, um, you know, just take a real small part of the, um, the profits of the book and just, you know, hand it all over to a third party and, Um, cause I was like, I just, I'm, you know, I'm going to be hitting the pro rodeo road and I'm not going to have time for this. And, and, you know, but I feel like I'm supposed to have time for this and I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. And the, the irony in all of that was I ended up making the decision to give, um, my horse more time off. And that was, that was the window of. I was then able to order copies myself and distribute the book myself. And I just, I giggle now because I feel like God was like, oh, oh, you're worried about not having time. Oh girl, (laughs) I got you. I got you. Don't worry. You're going to need to give your horse a couple more months off. And so you're going to have plenty of time. And I was like, oh, okay. That's not really what I was. Okay, sure. Um, Mm -hmm. So even when it's not what you think is part of your plan, I feel like God's is still going to show up and be like, well, actually this is what we're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't really
0: uh, like that point that you're sharing. Like that he, he knew that you were going to have time all along.
1: Um, yes. I have
0: a lot of kids last year, one of the common topics that kids seem to be struggling with when I would ask is like, how do you ca- overcome injury either for yourself Ooh. or for your horse? And, um, you know, I think to like what you're saying, it's that you look for what you're supposed to be doing during that time. What else can you do to fill that space to stay on God's plan or God's purpose? Or even like, if you know, I think in when you're younger, if you're in junior high or high school, or or even college, sometimes even as an adult, you're not sure what that purpose is. Um, Mm You haven't identified that yet. And that's perfectly okay. But whatever that goal is that you have, you know, if you're a rodeo competitor, then you probably have goals in the arena. Well, when they say the game is 90% mental and only 10% physical in that off time, off season, whether it's yourself or your horse, are you doing the things that you can do to prepare your brain mentally?
1: Or are Mm -hmm. you just
0: groveling in it?
1: Yes. I think um, one thing that I've learned um, in general, when, when God gives us time And it's a different timeline than what we think, or a different timeline than what we want. That time that God is giving you is just like you said. God is giving you that time to prepare you for what He has in store. And there's so many scenarios. Even when I, um, you know, when I was living my my single life, and and really, you know, I felt like. I don't know how many times I would pray and cry and all the things, um, you know, about what, you know, God, I, I know I'm supposed to be a wife and a mother. I I feel that purpose in my heart. I feel that so much, but like, what, what are we waiting on? You know, what are we waiting (laughs) on? And, And, and God was, God was preparing, you know, and, and now looking back and, you know, having the conversations with my husband. God was not only preparing me but God was preparing my husband. Mm-hmm. And like I think that is such an important thing to remember, you know, even if you're that girl that is is waiting and waiting, you have to remember God is preparing your husband too. Yes. Um and so yes, you know, in my in my overall thing that I have learned is that time that God gives you even if it's not your timeline um just like you said, remember and look for what God is using that time to prepare you for what he has ahead of you, because whatever it is, it is great and it is wonderful and it is good. The Bible tells us that it is good, mm-hmm. the plans and the purpose that he has for us. But we also have to remember that we don't get to sit around and twiddle our thumbs yeah. <laughs> to to get there. Um, you know, seek God and and find what he has planned and what what you're supposed to do with that time
0: mm-hmm yes, have you um read the books by Matthew Kelly? There's one I have called life is messy rediscovered mm-hmm. Jesus and perfectly yourself
1: oh, that sounds that sounds really good. I have not i um as much as I'm not a writer i I'm not much of a reader i really? I should be yeah, um I should be more of one um because I know there is so many great books out there, and my husband listens to like just some amazing books on audiobooks. uh-huh um. But I just, I usually most of my time, if I get free time, I'm riding training horses and I've got my monitor set up so that I can, you know, cause my kiddo's napping. And so like, I can't really listen to an audio book (laughs) and hear a monitor. So
0: yeah, I get that for sure. Yeah. I just, um, one of my friends actually gave these books to me this weekend and sorry if you can hear my puppy in the back, (laughs) kind of, I had him outside for a second, but he is, being very playful now and it's raining outside. So um but the the one that I started today is called life is messy and it was talking about how you know all of these things that happen in life and like how uncertain it is and how much craziness there is but like that's the beautiful part of it and how wonderful mm-hmm. that is and once you quit looking at the mess as a problem and you start figuring out okay what does it mean how do I translate this? What do I learn from this? Um, whether it's time, whether it's competition, whether it's patience or whatever, that that mess is so beautiful at the end.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Finding, finding the message and the mess and joy in the journey. Like those are two of the things that I try and stress a lot of, if you get just so caught up in the destination, you're going to miss so much along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, And I had that actually when, when I went back to get my master's and I was coaching at um, Moval as the grad assistant, I had a huge vinyl decal on my wall there that said, find joy in the journey. And it was just, it was my daily reminder that even though I was at a place in my life that I never thought I would be, Uh I was right where I was supposed to be. And each day it was my job to find joy in that. And that ended up being such a wonderful part of my life that I never expected. But what I did with that time, you know, s- set me up for right where I am today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like as you're saying, it's just it's funny how when you look back on things, how mm-hmm. they stacked up to lead you right to where you're supposed to be. And one of the things in that book today, too, is it I didn't save this part of it. But Um, it talked about how like what you feel like is breaking everything down it might be 10 years from now when you see that wow like that all happened for this moment for this
1: time absolutely
0: that's just how life works and it's wonderful and it doesn't matter if you're in the arena competing or if you're just talking about life or motherhood or whatever it is everything's a stepping stone and um, like when you were talking about the time that to to find your husband and to develop and Mm -hmm. stuff and um I think that's true for for relationships with your significant other I think it's true for your friendships like the people that will come in and out of your life I think it's true for the horses that come in and out of your life um absolutely there's a season for everything and it's okay if it's a messy season it's okay if it's not easy it's okay if you're really struggling or you're down in the dumps as long as you continue to move forward through it and look for whatever the light is that you're supposed to be gaining from it absolutely yeah very cool well share a little bit about your coaching experience I think that's always fun to talk about
1: yeah so um that is kind of if if we if we back up just a little bit even um to share part of where we see God's, uh, God's journey. Um, I, I had been living in Oklahoma and, um, ended up deciding that I was going to go home. I got a job opportunity to go home and, um, put my, put in my two weeks notice. Um, I'll, I'll get to the coaching part, but this is kind of important. That leads up to that. Um, put in my two weeks notice and, um, Then a week later, the, I got a call back from the job that I was supposed to get. And they said, we're real sorry, but we've decided to go another direction. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like rug completely ripped out from underneath me. I still remember sitting in the parking lot of my previous employer that I had just put, you know, two weeks in a week prior and was like crying to my mom. Like, why would God do this? Like, why would I get this opportunity? And now it's gone. And like, now what am I supposed to do? And you know, my mom's like, well, I don't know, you know, but maybe you just need to come home and and regroup and, and, you know, see where you're supposed to go from here. And I remember being so mad and just like, I did not want to go home. I think I was 20, 26, 27, or yeah, maybe 27. And like, I, the last thing I wanted to do was like, go home and like regroup, you know, I felt like I should be yeah. grouped already, mom. And so like, I, and I talked to my, you know, employer down there. And, you know, she was like, well, you know, like we obviously would love to, you know, still keep you and we, you know, could still find room for you if you really wanted to stay. But, and she like literally echoed what my mom had said, you know, maybe it's time for you to go home and regroup a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, and so I did, and I remember driving home, um, and I texted the, this was a, a different, not rodeo coach, but like I texted the principal at the old school that I had, um, substitute taught at and stuff. And, um, by that Monday, I was already, um, substitute teaching and had, I got a job offered by the athletic director to be, you know, coach again and stuff. And, and so I was like, okay. And I'm still pretty sour because that's not (laughs) still wasn't where I wanted to be, but okay. (laughs) At least I've got a job, you know, and, um, it wasn't, um, and then my dad started having some health issues and it wasn't until, so I would have moved home in October and it wasn't until, um, like that December, sitting um, in the hospital with my dad, the uh, try not to get all choked up here, but the doctor looked at me. My dad, actually, my dad, being the smart aleck that he was, he said, um, "He goes, when do I get to get out of here, doc?" And the doctor looked at my dad and he goes, "I don't, I don't know who told you like you're getting out of here, but your your daughter just saved your life." Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until that exact moment that I realized. Why God had brought me home, mm-hmm. and and God knew that if He didn't dangle that little carrot in front of me of that you know job, I'd have never put in my two weeks. I'd have never, I'd have never left Oklahoma. I'd have, I'd have figured it out, you know, staying down there and doing whatever. And but but God knew that was how He was going to get me home. And it it literally took me months, you know. And you don't always get that clarity, but like it took me months to realize this is why God brought me home. And I spent that time and I was able to spend a whole year, you know, with my dad that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And wow. so spent that year with my dad. And ironically, I was back in Oklahoma because for some reason I felt like I needed to be there. I was totally <laughs> wrong, but you know, I didn't learn the first time. <laughs> and um, I was back visiting in Oklahoma and my plans changed suddenly. And um, I needed a place to stay for like a week layover. Because uh, I was entered in the Sedalia rodeo and um, I didn't want to drive all the way from Oklahoma back to Illinois and then back to Sedalia for the rodeo. So I called Coach Mason um, to see if I could stay over there in Marshall and wait for the rodeo that weekend. And it, if for any of you that know coach Mason, he's, he's a very high energy guy and he answers the phone and he's like, Hey Katie, how you doing? Been thinking about you must be a God thing. What are you up to? You ready to come back and coach? And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was just like, so unprepared for like that entire, I was just like, I, I I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be passing through. And I thought, could I, could I stay there for a few days? And He's like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. You know, just and uh-huh. just let us know when you get here, and and we'll come pick you up. And okay, sounds good. And so I get there late that night, and um, when he said we'll come pick you up, I I actually thought um, he meant him and his wife, Miss Carrie. And I get there, and it actually ended up being Casey, who is now my husband. Oh, and um, you know, at the time, I really, you know, I was I was not really looking you know, looking for boys or men at all. Um, but I do remember thinking, boy, he sure looks cute since college. (laughs) Um, and, um, and that was kind of the long and short of it. He just had happened to be passing through Marshall at the exact same time that I was passing through Marshall. Mm -hmm. And, um, We, you know, really, really didn't do or say much other than, you know, Hey, and he was gone the next morning and I stayed there for the rodeo and whatnot, but coach had put a bug in, in Casey's ear that he needed to, you know, tell me how great it was to come coach and, you know, try and talk me into coming to be the grad assistant down there. And, you know, coach talked to me about it while I was staying there that week. And I went home and I prayed on it and thought on it. And I had really enjoyed, um, the substitute teaching and stuff that I was doing. And so I thought, well, maybe this, you know, maybe this is an opportunity to, to go down that path. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so that's what led me, I called coach and said, okay, like I got my master's in, uh, education administration and, and coached for two years. And, um, and Casey's youngest sister that ended up being her freshman year, um, to go to school down there. And so that was how, then Casey and I reconnected again when um when I started coaching and so that was kind of how that all mm-hmm. you know God had was literally preparing the whole, all the steps along the way um you know and it allowed me to be able to spend more time with my dad and and yeah. lined lined me up to you know reconnect with Casey and you know the rest is history there but yeah um that's awesome so that's how that all came about and it was such a blessing um, to be there and be able to coach. And, um, you know, it's, there's, there's nothing greater for me than to watch kids, um, succeed at doing what they love. You know, it's just as, it's just as fun for me to watch them win as it is when myself, like, I I think it's so much fun.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's all funny. My story is somewhat similar. Like I also continue to go back to Oklahoma. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I went to college in Durant, Oklahoma, and um, I ended up leaving because my mom got hurt. And um, I was planning on staying like it was right between my junior and my senior year of college. And I only had a semester left of school, but I was trying to decide, like, okay, do I stretch that out and double major? Do I go to school longer and, like, get a master's? Like, what do I do? Like, do I really want to call Jodeo and all of these things? And um, I had an internship at Cactus Saddlery. And, uh, in Texas and that was going good. And I was potentially going to start a job there afterwards. And it's like all of these options were happening. And I was also dating a guy that I did not need to end up with. Um, and I know that now, but I, right. when my mom got hurt, that made the decision for me because we had horses at home. We had things to do at home. Like my dad couldn't work his job and run his company. Oh, sh- okay.
1: Um,
0: But run his company and hey, yeah, I ended up going home and didn't, that was never in my plans and staying at home was never in my plans. But I do think a lot of it, um, one was to keep me from going down the road of ending up Mm -hmm. with the person that I was at the time and, uh, and yeah, just the same deal. Like never thought I'd have a company selling pony tack, but one thing led to another and, when you just trust the things that he puts in your heart, he will lead you to the correct significant other. Um, yep. You know, I just got mm-hmm. married in December and to a man I've known my whole life and never, ever would either of us ever have expected that we would marry each other. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's crazy. It is, yeah. And he just, he will lead you to the correct things and he will open the correct doors and he will put the right people in your path and he will take the right people away from your path um, if you just continue to stay on it and to trust in him and, and to believe that everything that you go through is leading you to something different, something better, something, um, even if it sucks at the time, there will be something good that comes from it.
1: Absolutely.
0: And you're still doing some clinics and stuff. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Um, so that was kind of another, one of those things that I had had a bunch of people reach out and ask if I was doing clinics and, and I had initially said, you know, as much as I would love to, I just don't think I'm going to have the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I hadn't planned on doing any of them and then ta-da, I have all this time on my hands. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so yeah, we were able to, um, fit in some clinics up North at my, um, at my in-laws place. They have a great, Um, place to be able to do that and then um I had just I just went to a barrel race um with my friend and you know was just there riding a colt around and um they the owners were like uh, down at four rocks were like hey you know we here's the dates we have you know are you ready to do another clinic and I was like oh I don't know (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, but that's just one of those things that, you know, God works it out. I don't, you know, I didn't even have to, when, when it's what God wants you, you have to work a whole lot less. I know that Um, because he really just, um, he lays the foundation that makes things, um, work out.
0: Yeah. What are some of the things that, um, like you really want kids to walk away with when they leave your clinic?
1: Um, I I want them, uh, my first thing is when, when they come to my clinics is I want them to know that, you know, these clinics are for them, you know, like I'm here to help them. And so, you know, I always try and say, whatever you're struggling with, whatever your, um, you know, if you're not understanding something, you know, don't just sit there and, and stew about it, you know, let me know, like, let's, let's talk about it. Let's work through it. Let's, let's think of a different way to explain it. You know, let me, you know, if it's on their horse or whatever, a lot of times, um, you know, if I'm having somebody do something on their horse and I, I notice I'm struggling with it more than, more than I, I think should happen. You know, you're going to have struggles in general, but you know, sometimes I'll jump on that horse and just see if, you know, maybe the button that, that they need to push, to, to do that exercise, either a isn't there, or maybe it's in a different spot or, you know, sometimes it's, it's easier if I jump on them to see if I can find it. And then I can do a better job at explaining to the kid, you know, here's, here's how it's going to work for your horse. You know, your horse's button looks like this, you know? And, um, And then as far as like walking away from my clinics, you know, I always tell my kids, you know, now you've got tools in your toolbox, you know, Mm -hmm. things may not, you're not, may not see the night and day difference today, but I hope that you are walking away with more tools in your toolbox than you had when you came here. And so now you have, um, things that you can use to help you fix things as you move down that road. And, and I, You know, Casey and I always make a point to, you know, let kids know um, and even their parents, you know, when you, you know, come to our clinic or, you know, you're a client of ours in any way, um, we're an open book and we're always there to help. You know, if you leave a week from now and you hit a hiccup, you know, shoot a video, send me a message. Like, let, I'm, I'm still here to help. You know, I didn't, it didn't just end that day. You know, I'm still here to help um, if I can in any way, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that's great. One of my, um, favorite points about that and something that I really struggled with is what you were talking about in the beginning, how you're there to help them. And sometimes the best way to help somebody is to get on their horse because sometimes what you see as a coach or as a clinician, um, or even as a parent, what you see happening And what you think they're feeling isn't necessarily Mm -hmm. what they're actually feeling. And the only way that you can figure that out is if you actually get on the horse and can feel it. And I know when I was growing up, my mom would, um, you know, she was, she was handy. She's a horse woman. She'd ridden her whole life and she knew what she was doing, but I was too stubborn and hard headed, And I took it personally every Mm. time that she wanted to get on my horse. I felt like I wasn't good enough. Like I didn't know well enough. Like I didn't listen well enough. So mm-hmm. then I would get mad about it. I would get all balled up and I would get angry because my mom was just trying to help. But I didn't look at it that way. I took it personally. Right. Um. So I just wanted to, to kind of share that because if there is somebody who is saying like, Hey, can I feel your horse? don't take it as if you're not doing well enough it's just saying I don't understand what's happening so
1: yes let, let me, me feel what you're you. feeling yeah yeah, yeah. Let me that's feel exactly what you're
0: feeling let me see if I can help you in a different way than what I'm currently explaining that isn't working
1: Yep, that's exactly what I the way I try and explain it because I think you're you know you're exactly right sometimes it can be like well just just tell me I can do it I can do it and it's mm-hmm. like well it's not that you're doing anything wrong. I might not be telling you the right thing because I don't know what you're feeling. And if, and if I can feel what you're feeling, then maybe I can tell you a different way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and because riding horses is so much about feel and feel means the difference between finding that right release point to reward your horse for them to actually be like, ah, oh, this is what you want.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of it too, one thing that I found um, as a, as a rodeo coach for a college team, and then just doing kind of the same stuff that you're doing is that a lot of times it has just as much to do with the energy. Like you might be doing exactly the correct thing, but your energy isn't matching where the horse is at. So you, if like, I've found that if I can get on other people's horses and like, I've really worked over the years, on learning how to control my energy, especially on horses that, you know, are kind of, higher energy or a little blown up. Mm -hmm. Um, and if a person, if a student is open-minded enough and they can see like, Oh, like I can see that your hand is relaxed. I can see your legs relaxing. Then they can get on and kind of start to understand and play with their energy levels to understand it themselves as well.
1: Absolutely. And I feel like everybody learns differently and sometimes it helps those students that maybe they're more of a visual learner Mm -hmm. to, see where you're putting your hands where you're putting your legs and see you know because sometimes when you're on a horse you can't necessarily see maybe maybe they haven't developed their feel yet and so they may not be able to feel what their horse is doing underneath of them and so you know it also gives them another visual to be able to see what their horse is doing and in how their horse should be moving
0: yeah yeah I think like you know all in all The moral of the story is that if if you've got somebody that you trust that's willing to help you or that you're paying to help you, like you said in the very beginning, remember that it's because they're in it for you. They want to see you succeed. It's all about helping you become the best that you can be. And if you have a coach or a clinician that you don't feel like that, if they don't make you feel that way, find a new one.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. it
0: It doesn't make them a bad coach, but it might mean that they shouldn't be your coach at this time.
1: Yep. They may not be the right fit for you. Cause just like, you know, every person is different. Every horse is different. And, you know, so everybody learns different. And just Mm -hmm. because, you know, somebody, somebody doesn't have the right, you know, methodology to explain it to you, you know, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it, but you know, may just not be the right one for you.
0: Yeah. And I think too that just because somebody is successful in the arena does not make them a good coach. Coaching is about communication And making sure that you understand what's happening. And there are lots of very, very talented people who have the best of intentions, but they cannot put into words what it is they do because it's become such second nature to them that they don't break it down in ways for others to understand.
1: Yes, that is so true.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's, I want to finish up and I just want you to share a little bit more about what people can expect when they read your book. What are they going to find in there or some things that they're going to find?
1: Um, so I, I really tried um, to, in the most part, let God um, guide where these prayers land um, in the book. And, you know, I didn't really try to micromanage it too much. I tried to, you know, not, I, tr- I tried to, you know, read over each one and make sure that, you know, I didn't have a ton of, you know, five prayers in a row about anxiety or, you know, things like that, you know, but for the most part, I really tried to let God guide where these, where these prayers landed, um, so that they would find the people that they, they needed on the right day at the right time. Um, wherever that may be. Um, but one really cool feature that, um, I'm really happy with, that I added and I had gotten the idea from a different devotional that I had read, um, is in the very back, um, there's, um, like a theme index that, you know, you can, um, look through there and find, you know, if they're, you know, if you're looking for a prayer about your horse or you're looking for a prayer about family or anxiety, or, um, you know, if you're feeling discouraged or any you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of different feelings back there, maybe is the best way to put it. And you can find multiple prayers about each one of those things, and just flip right to them. And I think that's really, you know, it's maybe you read the prayer on March first, and, you know, it really resonates with you, and you really like it, but you're still feeling real, um, you know, just real tired, or, you know, worn down or or whatever the feeling may be you can flip back to the back of that book and you know find three or four prayers all about that specific feeling and um i love that i think that's a really a really cool feature um and then other than that just in general the you know the book's laid out pretty simple um where they you're able to just go day by day you can you can whether you start on day one for the you know, the first day you get the book or whether you find the the date that you are actually on and start there, um, there's gonna be, you know, just a general prayer for that specific day. And then I've tied scripture to to each of the prayers too to, to just have something. And I try, um, you know, there's a lot of scripture in there that is, you know, probably real familiar scripture to a lot of people. Um, but I also try to, you know, find scripture that um, maybe isn't just the, you know, the hallmark scripture that you see Mm -hmm. when you walk into Hobby Lobby everywhere, you know, I try and find some scripture that people aren't familiar with and to help them kind of maybe pull into their Bible and, and look further into.
0: That's great. I know I've got the, um, life application study Bible right now. And, um, I read the Bible straight through with just a regular, I think it was a new living translation book. And, um, this study Bible, though, it's really like challenged me to see things differently. Um, and I do, I'm starting to understand the different verses, you know, because like you said, there's there's your hallmark, your, your obvious, the ones that stand out, that everybody says, that everybody memorizes, that are still wonderful scriptures, but there's so much more out there um, mm-hmm. that when we learn that there's more than one scripture that supports that concept or that theme or that idea Um, it's like, oh, there's, there's more evidence than one that God loves me, that God is here to help me through this. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think it sounds like too, like as, as people read this book, it's important to remember that just like your clinics, just like your lessons, just like any interaction, just like your prayers on your Facebook page, they're there to help others. When they pick up your book, they need to open it as a reader. You open it up and say, this girl is here for me the things that she wrote she's yep. a vessel for god and i uh, it's not it's not for her it's for me
1: absolutely yeah that um there's been so many times um writing the prayers you know at night or whatever and and i'll get it'll just feel like it's flowing through me and i'll get through a whole prayer and i'll post it and i'll go back 5 minutes later and i'll read it and it's like i don't even remember i don't even remember writing that because it's it's god's word and it's it's his message. And it's so kind of cool for me to be able to go back and read it and be like, wow. Yeah. That's, that's cool. God. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like that speaking in tongues, like you don't really understand it until it's like, Whoa, did that, did I really say that? Like, (laughs) Yeah. I know we started, um, doing, oh, every few months, um, a different study and I just have a small group on Facebook. And sometimes at the end we do a zoom once a week, in the mornings, and at the end of those, we'll pray, and, like, I'm still pretty green on this, like, group prayer thing, being a part mm-hmm. of small groups and whatnot, and there's been a couple of times where, like, I'll start praying, and I'm just, like, whoa, I don't know how all those words just came to me, and Yeah, I don't know who needed to hear them, but that was God, like, I know God mm-hmm. was here today, so, yeah, that's very cool. Okay, where can people order your book?
1: Um so they can order right on my Facebook page. I have um pinned at the top, I have some links for um I know several people have wanted to order multiple copies. So um I did like one through five copies, um five, five copies and up gets um, you know, I'm able to um do free shipping on the five copies. And then, you know, if there's more copy, you know, if somebody wants more copies or somebody wants to reach out about you know, uh, awards, um, for, um, you know, I've had a few people reach out for, you know, wanting to use my books to give away for awards yeah. or, um, uh, rodeo camps and the, I'm really kind of just, I'm just starting to step out into that, like that, uh, piece of the puzzle that, um, God wants me to do as far as, um, our next step is looking into like wholesale, mm-hmm. um, um, for distributors and people that, you know, maybe they've got a small Western store or, you know, they set up as a vendor at places and they want to, um, you know, get wholesale pricing on the books. Um, that's kind of our next, our next step in the journey. So, um, you know, anybody has questions about that kind of stuff, they can just shoot me a message and I'll work out, um, the details there. And then, um, for international, um, customers, the, the easiest way that I've been able to do it is, um, it's on Amazon, um, and so if you're an inter- international person, you can order it right on, um, Amazon, um, just cause I, Amazon has got a, you know, a hold on the shipping. Cause I can't, I can't ship. It was, I got some orders from Australia and Canada and stuff. And I was like, Oh, this is great. And I was so excited until I realized it was going to cost me $35 to ship a book. And I was like, ah, oh, I can't do uh, what yeah. <laughs> that cost me more than the book, like twice really? as much as the book costs. Um, yeah. but I'm able to, I made it, you know, available on Amazon so that, mm-hmm. you know, those people are able to go ahead and order on there and then it saves everybody the trouble, I guess. Um, yeah,
0: you bet. Very cool. So. And they can find you on, it's the cowgirl prayers this is your
1: Facebook yep. page. Yep.
0: Okay. And then if they have any questions or they want to reach out to you, where do you prefer that they reach out to you? I guess you can message on that page.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's easiest. I do have, you know, I have an email address linked to, you know, for the PayPal and whatnot, but it's probably easiest. The fastest I can get back to people is on that, on that page. Cause it comes right to my phone and then I can just reach back out to them right away.
0: Okay, perfect. Well, everybody that listens to this will have to head on over to the cowgirl prayers, Facebook page and get you yourself a copy of the cowgirl prayers devotional written by Katie Chisholm. All right. Well, thank you so much for this. This was so full of good content and, and just life things that we all go through. And I think, um, you know, your words of wisdom and your relationship with God is clearly you're a light that's shining through to so many people. So I hope our listeners also felt that, um, and just keep up the good work. You're doing amazing things and, and you can just tell that God's going to continue opening doors for you to, to grow, to share, um, and to bring, bring his people to him.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, best to look to you and all your awesome endeavors as well. Thank you.
0: Always, thank you for tuning in to the RodeoKids.com podcast. We appreciate you. We thank you and we need you. We need you to continue listening and to telling people about us so that we can continue sharing the good word and spreading goodness and creating opportunities for youth in the Western industry to flourish and develop their character and their skills both inside and outside of the arena. We want to invite you to head on over to the Rodeo Kids blog and see some of the cool stuff we've got under the free Frequently asked questions in the rodeo 101 we have the trailer packing uh, checklist because we all know that it gets a little crazy when we're getting ready to load the trailer up and so we created an awesome checklist for the front of the living quarters trailer for the tack compartment of the trailer and a blank page where you can fill out your own specifics, your supplements, your personal needs, that kind of stuff. So we've got all kinds of cool things. We're constantly updating the website. Head on over there, check it out, join now, become a part of it, and let us know if we can help you with anything and in any way. As always, good luck, safe travels, and God bless.